0: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain TV. All right, folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are back for another segment of the dust and gold standard on Pain TV, and we are talking the technocracy and all of their silly little games folks um what we want to get into now and, and we were just touching on the neocortal modules or groups of neurons to access far more knowledge than could fit in the brain and what, what you're hearing there, and, and this is true, it's going to sound uh, strange to you, but basically what they're talking about is connecting your brain uh, through nanoparticles inside your body up to a cloud. Uh, the same cloud that, say, your phone or your computer, all these new softwares use the cloud, right? So your brain would have access to the cloud, and you can access far more information than what can fit the brain essentially what he's saying is they're going to hijack your body and then your body is going to connect up to the cloud to the internet and i think we're going to get into that a little bit in here i try not to read too much into these articles before the show because i do want to analyze them for you in real time and not just read off notes that uh, i create but first you know what let's finish this paragraph and then we'll go uh, i'm going to show you a little background on ray kurzweil because you need to know this So, uh, quote, we have pretty good ideas of how this works, end quote, said Kurzweil, who detailed this process in his 2012 book, How to Create a Mind. Quote, there's a scenario for every different type of disease, a tool for doing surgery at the microscopic level, end quote a tool for doing surgery at the microscopic level. Listen, if these guys were just worried about helping humanity and performing surgeries, I mean, do you honestly think someone like Ray Kurzweil wakes up every day and he says, I need to make the world a better place. I would love to help people get better surgeries. Let's look at this brief. Career Summary of Ray Kurzweil. Uh, Ray Kurzweil is one of the world's leading inventors, thinkers, and futurists with a 30-year track record of accurate predictions. And we went over that in the first segment. These are not predictions. He's actively involved with creating these technologies. Therefore, when he says they're coming, he's not predicting anything. He's just talking about what he's working on. Called... The Restless Genius by The Wall Street Journal and The Ultimate Thinking Machine by Forbes Magazine, Kurzweil was selected as one of the top entrepreneurs by Inc. Magazine, which described him as the rightful heir to Thomas Edison. PBS selected him as one of the 16 revolutionaries who made America. Wow. Now, that was just a little article i wanted to give you off of his own website and then this is an article from the observer that i came across just to give you a little taste of this Uh, this article is called are the robots about to rise google's new director of engineering thinks so ray kurzweil popularized the terminator like moment he called the quote singularity end quote when artificial intelligence overtakes human thinking but now the man who hopes to be immortal is involved in the very same quest on behalf of the tech behemoth and this article we are actually going to review on its own but think about what i just said this guy Kurzweil popularized this idea called the singularity which is when artificial intelligence overtakes human thinking And now, in this article, talks about how he's working for Google, actually engineering such a world. And this is the same man on this MIT article who is talking about putting nanoparticles, nanorobots, into your body to connect you up to a higher power, which is their prison planet, artificial intelligence, cloud system. Here I'm just showing... uh, This article here, which there's some interesting information in this, and I think what we should do is probably do a profile piece on Kurzweil separate from this show. But let me just touch on this a little bit. This is Ray Kurzweil. If you're watching the video show, you can see what he looks like. Quote, The profound aspect of technology is that once secrets are revealed, the magic doesn't disappear, end quote. And let me just read you a little bit here. Raymond Kurzweil was born and raised in the New York City borough of Queens. I I just want you to have a little profile and understand what the background of these psychopathic, technocratic weirdos, like where they came from. His father, Friedrich Kurzweil, was a musician and composer. His mother was a visual artist. The couple had fled their home in Austria as Hitler's Germany and Gulf Central Europe. Settling in New York City... They raised young Ray and his sister in an atmosphere full of music, art, and ideas. Although young Ray enjoyed playing the piano, he also enjoyed carving up his neighbor's kittens. No, I'm kidding. I added that in. But I wouldn't. <laughs> Although young Ray enjoyed playing the piano, that makes him such a nice guy that humanizes him. He also knew from an early age that he wanted to be a scientist and inventor. And he pursued these interests with a single-minded enthusiasm. Now, it was interesting that his background, uh, his parents' background, was from Austria. They fled Austria. Actually, my ancestors uh, did the same. I'm a quarter Austrian. Uh, But I am trying to figure out why there are so many of these people that uh, George Soros Um, you've got, uh, Henry Kissinger, you know, types with their families, um, you know, either they personally or their families fled, uh, Hitler's rise and then they end up getting involved with the technocracy and the fourth industrial revolution and population control. And basically all of the technologies that the eugenicists like Adolf Hitler were, Involved with? I don't know. It's very strange. Sometimes it's, I think it's the most important question of our time, but I won't get into that. I'm just going to show you on this uh, kurzwally.net This uh, basically is tracking the acceleration of intelligence, and you can access the uh, Kurzweil Library books, writings, Lifetime of Innovation, Press, and Appearances. And then he has a bunch of articles here on this website. Pixie is the world's first automated selfie drone. Uh, Breakthrough for lifelike robotics. Breakthrough for flexible electrode implants in the brain. Digest breakthrough artificial intelligence method generates 3D holograms in real time. This self-learning artificial intelligence software lets robots do tasks autonomously breakthrough augmented reality a medical tool artificial intelligence software with social skills teaches humans how to collaborate digest new material eliminates need for motors or articulators in robots prosthetics and more plant e makes electricity from living plants and we're going to talk about how they are actually already turning humans into Batteries, just like in The Matrix, that's in a coming episode. Civilization, knowledge, institutions, and a humanity's future. So as you can see, I just read off six, seven headlines. So this Ray Kurzweil is really into this. But the important part and why it's important to check people's websites like Kurzweil is because you get to have an inside look at the technologies being developed, the white papers that are already written on these technologies, And the reason why that is so important is because you get to look into the mind of the psychopaths, the people that are literally developing this technology. And so it allows you to see what they actually are doing. So when, look, you're not trying to wake up people at this point. You're not trying to wake up your friends, your parents, your neighbors, whatever. That that ship has sailed. We are in a post-political world. We talked about it yesterday in episode one. We are at the point now where it's time to start to build your breakaway civilization around your close family, and I think that is what we're focused on here. The reason why it's important to know this and know what's coming is because you have to understand what the future looks like, what lies ahead, and then how you're going to best navigate that future. I'm a believer that it's inevitable. It is coming. No one is going to stop it. There is no resistance. And so we have to accept it. We also want to try to live outside of it as much as possible, but you have to know what's coming in order to know what you're trying to protect yourself from. And anyone who believes that these guys are just crazy, I mean, crazy is one thing, but crazy without power like they're kooks, then that person is crazy because these people are the most powerful people in the world. Okay, let's get back to this article. Thinking exponentially, not linearly, the thought of robots inside the body fighting disease and connecting to computers may seem far-fetched. But so did at one time the World Wide Web, the mobile phone, the 3D printer, and the fully mapped human genome, all of which Kurzweil also foresaw okay so again he's not a prophet he foresaw nothing he is in this industry he knows exactly what products and uh and services and such are being worked on but remember this is back in 2016 so the thought of nanorobots inside the body fighting disease and connecting to computers may seem far-fetched well when we look back at this in hindsight, we have Elon Musk in the last couple of years talking about connecting the brain to computers. So it's not far-fetched. Elon Musk is basically the chosen person that the government, that the military industrial complex, that DARPA, that NASA uses to normalize technologies, bring them into the mainstream. And as I mentioned yesterday in episode one, basically roll out the adoption campaign. And the adoption campaign, again, I have to repeat this, is let's say the government wants to monitor everyone's heart rate for a certain reason. doesn't matter what it is. They can't roll it out and say they're going to do it. So they use people like Steve Jobs, like Elon Musk, uh, like Bill Gates when he was in uh, Microsoft, Steve Jobs when he was alive, and they go, hey, look, it's the iWatch. Put it on. It's cool. You can look at your text messages and you could jog and it'll tell you how you're doing at the gym. And so that's how... They get people to adopt these technologies by using these puppets in the mainstream, these marketing men, these P.T. Barnums, to roll these products out through a consumer-based product, and therefore you accept it, you adopt it, and before you know it, the government is now reading your heart rate or whatever else they want to do. Now, when he mentions nanobots inside the body fighting disease – that is very important because a lot of people who speculated that possibly the jabs and or the boosters and or the tests that you put into your head has nanobots and that's how they're getting them inside of your body, they sent out Bill Gates as basically the straw man. Uh, as and everyone else, to say, that's conspiracy theory. There's no such thing as nanobots. Nanobots aren't real. You're a conspiracy theorist. Well, back in 2016, and I can show you way before that, but back in 2016, Ray Kurzweil, one of the giant engineers of our time, what they call him? 16 founding fathers of, like, the disruption of America. They called him the Thomas Edison of our time, was sitting there talking about putting nanorobots inside your body and of course like yesterday in episode one i mentioned they always have to tie it back to you in the body fighting disease because we're damn dirty humans and have lots of disease and these guys are our saviors they're our gods they just want to put robots inside you to help you fight disease you didn't know that why because they love you man. they love you yeah man we love you they love you man yeah man Ray Kurzweil and Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci and Mark Zuckerberg and Peter Thiel and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. They love me, man. They love me. They just want to put robots in my blood to cure me, man. Frickin' craziness. But with what it says in the article, you know, it seems far-fetched, but so did World Wide Web, the mobile phone, the 3D printer, and the fully mapped human genome. And that's true. All that came true. And I'm telling you, robots in the bloodstream inside the body connecting you up to an AI hive mind, yeah. That's, I believe, I be- personally, I believe there's a large portion of people that already have them running through their body. All right. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to blast through the rest of this article. And we're going to look into Eric Schmidt. Who was the head of Google at some of the time that Kurzweil worked there? And you're going to see some dots connect together. Folks, right here, we are giving you the truth, only the truth. We will never lie to you, we will never bullshit you. This is the gold standard. I am Dustin Gold, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Dustin Gold standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back from a nutshell needed a much-needed bathroom break. All right, so we are reading this MIT Massachusetts Institute of Technology article from February 2016, and I want to jump right back into this. Human intuition about the future has always been linear, said Kurzweil, a 1970 MIT graduate, and current director of engineering at Google, leading efforts to build artificial intelligence and natural language understanding. Now, natural language understanding, I explained that earlier. Artificial intelligence, we're going to do a show just exactly on what it is, so I don't want to start breaking down artificial intelligence uh, right now here. But as you see, he's a 1970 MIT graduate, and current director of engineering. So MIT published this, this piece. And, and I need to, um, I want to show you this, uh, just to show you MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Right? And then we have artificial intelligence. We have Google. We have Ray Kurzweil. And what I want to show you, because it's very important, because the government itself is involved with developing this artificial intelligence. Uh, and I want to just show you these. These are just simple little connections. We're not going to go into depth on this. But this is an article from June 1964. MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, hints unit had link to CIA, indicates study center was once financed. By the agency and this article goes on to discuss how the Center, Na- uh, Center for International Studies at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology was originally financed by the Central Intelligence Agency. the Institute indicated today and this was on uh, June 29, 1964. I'm showing you this because this is an article by MIT. Kurzweil went to MIT. You'll see there's some other people that went to MIT as well. Uh, This is an article here. CIA recruitment comes under fire. Students protest MIT interviewing. A group of MIT students demonstrated Wednesday to protest the presence of recruiters from the Central Intelligence Agency, which conducted employment interviews on campus that day. It's 1987. The protest had two major goals, according to Adam Grossman, uh, graduating in one of the protesters. One is to show the MIT community, especially the administration, that a large portion of the community is opposed to the idea of allowing this group of criminals to recruit on campus. I love that. He explained the second is to educate the people about the CIA. Uh, Here's another article. Uh, This is from the Orlando Sentinel on February 27, 2000. MIT professors unhappy as ex-CIA chief returns. Cambridge, Massachusetts. Some professors at MIT have criticized former CIA director John Deutsch's return to the school. In light of accusations, he mishandled classified information after leaving the CIA in 1996. The Boston Globe reported Saturday, uh, Deutsch, who served as MIT provost from 85 to 1990, now works at the university as one of about a dozen institute professors. The lucrative positions are awarded to top professors who are allowed to essentially do as they please. Here's another one in MIT Technology Review. It was about the CIA's new tech recruiting pitch. More patents, more profits. The newest federal lab uh, gives the CIA and its officers the unprecedented ability to make money off inventions that come from within the agency. This was written in September, 2020 says America's most famous spy agency has a major competitor. It can't quite uh, seem to beat Silicon Valley. Now I'm going to read this to you because this is important, but this is all the connections between the CIA and MIT. I'm just doing this to show you that Ray Kurzweil and MIT, uh, the head of Google at the time Schmidt, MIT, you'll see that in a second. They're all connected it's it's one circle this is the public private partnership right the cia has long been a place cutting edge technology is researched developed and realized and they use movies like james bond and mission impossible to to make it cool and to uh, normalize it and it wants to lead in fields like artificial intelligence and biotechnology so this article is saying in, in 2020 that the cia wanted to lead in artificial intelligence and biotechnology However, recruiting and retaining the talent capable of building these tools is a challenge on many levels, especially since a spy agency can't match Silicon Valley's salaries, reputations, and patents. The agency solution is CIA Labs, a new skunk works that will attempt to recruit and retain technical talent by offering incentives to those who work there. Under the new initiative announced today, CIA officers will be able for the first time to publicly file patents on the intellectual property they work on and collect a portion of the profits. I'm going to do a whole show on this. The agency will take the rest of the balance. Don uh, Myricks, who heads the agency's science and technology directorate, says the best-case scenario is that the agency's research and development – could end up paying for itself. Okay, I'm not gonna go. Oh, I wanted to give you this. This is a paragraph. It's not the first time the agency has worked to commercialize technology it helped develop. The agency already sponsors its own venture capital firm, InQtel, which has backed companies including Keyhole, the core technology that now makes up Google Earth. Myrick says the CIA maintains relationships with a variety of other venture capitalists with the same goal. And this is why I'm going to unfold this whole article. But I've talked about it in Q-tel on Mike's show on the Thomas Paine podcast and he even said that a company that he started, a telecom company, a voice over the internet company that he started in Q-tel, and their gang came to him and tried to basically strong arm him to take over his company. And I've tried to point in q out to many people. The CIA has a hedge fund and they actively fund and or gobble up technology companies in and around Silicon Valley so that they can control all of the technology. Tell me how our government is supposed to be allowed to do this. I don't, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me, really. Now... I wanted to, I'm going to jump off topic for a second, then we're going to get back to this article uh, from MIT. Okay, so what we have here is on Eric Schmidt's website. Now, Eric Schmidt was the uh, CEO. Let me just read it to you. It'll be easier. Eric Schmidt is an accomplished technologist, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. Again, this is written by his PR people, so... He served as Google's chief executive officer and chairman from 2001 to 2011, where he pioneered Google's transformation from a Silicon Valley startup to a global leader in technology. Eric oversaw the company's technical and business strategies alongside founders, Sergey Brin and Larry Page, blah, 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 Okay, so Eric Schmidt was uh, at Google And then additionally, from 2018 to 2020, he served as the technical advisor to Alphabet, which is Google's parent company, the holding company of Google, advising its leaders on technology, business, and policy issues. He was also the executive chairman of Alphabet from 2015 to 2018 and renamed as the chairman of Google in 2015. So you see the Ray Kurzweil and Eric Schmidt overlap. And the reason why uh, I'm pointing this out this is by CNN, okay, this is a timeline of Eric Schmidt's life. So in March uh, 2nd, 2016, Secretary of Defense Ashton Carter, this was under Barack Obama, announces that Schmidt is being appointed head of a new defense Innovation Advisory Board in an effort by the Pentagon to better address and enhance technology within the Department of Defense. Well, we go back to the Ray Kurzweil article uh, and the uh, other MIT article where I showed you that it was talking about how the CIA wanted to be the leader in in artificial intelligence. Well, they bring in uh, Eric Schmidt, who was the head of Google to come in and lead this advisory board uh, to address technology within the Department of Defense, right? Uh, Then at the same time, you have February 2018. The Massachusetts Institute of Technology announces that Schmidt will join MIT as a visiting innovation fellow for one year. So now he's working for the government, he's working for the Department of Defense, and now he goes back to MIT as a visiting innovation fellow, And in January 2019, Schmidt is selected as chair of the 15-member National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence. That was under Donald Trump. He was put in charge of the Commission on Artificial Intelligence. And let me show you what he said. We have seen artificial intelligence. And I'm on the National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence website for those people that are listening on audio only. We have seen artificial intelligence providing conversation and comfort to the lonely. We have also seen artificial intelligence engaging in racial discrimination. Yet the biggest harm that artificial intelligence is likely to do to individuals in the short term is job displacement. All the same thing that Klaus Schwab says. As the amount of work we can automate with artificial intelligence is vastly larger than before... As leaders, it is incumbent on all of us to make sure we are building a world in which every individual has an opportunity to thrive. You see, again, he says, as leaders, it is incumbent on all of us. Well, he works for this government agency they made up, the National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence. But the main quote on that website is, He's talking to leaders, which Klaus Schwab calls the stakeholders, the people who are going to make all the money and have all the power. As stakeholder scumbags, it is incumbent, incumbent upon, on all of us to make sure we are building a world in which every individual has an opportunity to thrive. And yesterday I, I told you the story about uh, the guy digging his own grave. They are constantly, constantly trying to make it sound like they're going to give you something good. They're going to give you all of this technology now uh let me point this out to you like it's gonna it's gonna displace people there's gonna be no jobs it's gonna be horrible it's gonna fire its own weapons it's gonna kill everyone but you know what we still need it obviously and these people are just gonna have to deal with it we'll just we'll just make sure they're gonna be okay now the national security commission on artificial intelligence ceased operations on october 1st 2021 and then it says the website is no longer maintained, and it 's fine, but a lot of the information is still there there's diagrams, all their reports, and everything else. So what it leads me to believe is maybe they finally said, "Hey, we got the artificial intelligence done we don 't need this uh, program any longer now i 'm going to jump back over to the to the diagram uh, the outline from CNN and I just want to say we had mentioned in January two thousand and nineteen Schmidt was selected to the uh, 15 member National Security Commission. But on March 25th, 2021, with his wife Wendy Schmidt, who's worth $26 billion, they say, gives $150 million to the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard to launch the Eric and Wendy Schmidt Center. The center will focus on, quote, the intersection of data science and life science aimed at improving human health, end quote. We're going to do a deep dive into that because it's not as it seems. They are not doing that to cure you of cancer. And then lastly, let me just point out this article from January 12, 2017. Alphabet Executive Chairman Eric Schmidt and a pair of San Francisco tech investors visited Trump Tower in New York In Schmidt's case, the trip appeared to be a follow-up to a big meeting held four weeks ago between Donald Trump and Silicon Valley leaders. The point that I am making here is that that was during Donald Trump's transition when he was having people come and visit Trump Tower. He had Eric Schmidt come, he had Bill Gates come, he had many others come. But Donald Trump was meeting with Eric Schmidt early on, then Eric Schmidt became the head of the Artificial Intelligence uh, Committee And we have Donald Trump on tape in March of, uh, that was before March, March of 2020, I believe, at the World Economic Forum, 50-year anniversary, talking about how he supported artificial intelligence. So as you can see, all of these people are involved with this. Now, let's just jump back to this Ray Kurzweil article after we take a short, short break uh, for a quick commercial And then we will be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. More listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at payne.tv slash gold.